we should do competitive erotic fiction. All right, our first enemy is your screenwriter friends that are famous. <laughs> and there can also only be one victor. No matter how this ends, the winning team will have to fight one another to the extremely horny death. <laughs> then we're coming after the McElroys. <laughs> right. They'll definitely respond, all of these people. Right. We'll just why don't we just send them a draft with no explanation? <laughs> <laughs> are you are you are you ready? Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Funny Papers, a show where three thirty-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic '90s cartoon show Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friends Sam, my ding ding dong, and Jim. Hello, I'm selling these fine leather jackoffs. Oh my god, I almost liked it. Today we cover episode 42, part one of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. And episode 42, part one's title is Doug Door to Door. I don't want any leave. <laughs> this, is probably, this is probably the final Blood Scout episode, right? It's gotta be, right? Finally. Almost definitely. Like, well, I just pause and issue a brief retrospective of the Bluff Scouts. Doug got horny in the woods, and... Doug met the devil. Yeah, Doug met the devil. Doug, <laughs> Mr. Dink fucked a bear, and candy is bad. Yeah, I mean, wasn't there one other thing that they did with the Blood Scouts? I guess that's where uh, they got all those merit badges. That was, well, no, that was when Doug met the devil, so. Yeah, that okay. was the first one. All I remember is New Dank. Yeah, well, of course. That was, the episode uh, where you owned part. us forever. You know what? Maybe <laughs> that's why they have to do their meetings in the public library now. No, you'd be banned from that. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, like, as a way to keep your eye on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bud we're not allowing you to fuck any more wildlife bud god well so this is another scouts episode uh and it sort begins of. So, sort of <laughs> uh it, as a framing device and it begins at the place they say that they have their weekly bluff scout meetings the public library so this is the perfect encapsulation of Doug because <laughs> there's no explanation for it. It's not played up. The only gag it's played up for is so the librarian can say shush. It's never explained. <laughs> and it, they repeat the joke over and over again like, I must stress, for no payoff. And it's treated like it's a thing that they've done a bunch in the past when they've never done it like this in the past. Uh-huh. I have to imagine this is based off of some actual Boy Scout meeting that somebody went on. It's like, oh, yeah, we, we met up in the local library because, like, getting out to the woods was a pain in the ass. Right? Right. Sure. What's What's also funny about it is it's an excuse for them to use quiet voices, but for most of it, they don't use quiet voices. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's just an addition for the sake of an addition. There's nothing there. It's the pinnacle of, huh, that's weird. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Sam messaged us before we were recording, and he was like, hey, so... I don't remember if they've ever had a meeting at the library, but have they had a meeting at the library? It's like, no, specifically not. The last time we saw the library, it was where Doug went in order to defeat the wacky weatherman. Yeah, and the last time that they had Bluff Scout meetings, it was just every time it was in the woods, right? Yeah. 
Oh, man. Well, they have set up a, like, I guess an image of the woods here to remind them of the woods. <laughs> it's because the setting that they have built themselves in the library is they've built, like, these giant model tree cutouts and a model campfire out of paper or or or, or wood or something paper or some crap like that yeah and they've just shined two flashlights on it to look like it's on fire <laughs> this would be lame even to a first grader <laughs> they do this every week and it's, it's we've right always the... done it this way isn't that right doug and it's right at the front of the library because they're directly next to the librarian's desk <laughs> And it's a big building. <laughs> It'd be funny if the woods were just like right next door to the library. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, just truly baffling. Yeah, no payoff, none whatsoever. And I think we kick this off with, I guess the implication is that Larry and the Sleeches are joining the Bluff Scouts because they're like yeah. giving the Bluff Scout oath, except for that too has no payoff. Yeah, they say the Bluff Scout Oath, which, I mean, it gets cut off by Doug thinking about stuff in the middle of it. But it begins with them saying that they solemnly swear to respect all animals of the forest, be they small and cuddly or large and dangerous. Hmm. (laughs) No more of that stuff about fearing trees, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the code. Didn't it used to be that you'd fear neither man nor tree or neither beast nor tree or something? Look, we can't have the same oath every time. (laughs) We gotta change it up. But here's the weirdest thing, right? Is that season four so far has been the season where there have been the most callbacks, right? They've been like, hey, why don't we actually start mining this canon that we've created, this world, in order to make a more expanded universe? And they just invent <laughs> stuff. Like, they they go in with the intention to do callbacks, and then they retcon it. <laughs> like... <laughs> Every time. Rocks. <laughs> totally rocks. It's incredible. Oh, <laughs> uh, and also Doug is not saying the pledge because everybody else Why is saying he? everybody else is saying it, but Doug is just staring at the mouth closed. Yeah, he's a he's a senior bluff scout now, so he doesn't have to say it. But he's not a senior as most of them. Is Roger? There's <laughs> okay. Look, all right. All time right. Time is sick. We've had this established. All right. All right. All right. Today, Doug is joining the bluff scouts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it even ends like at the end of the bluff scout code. Uh, they end it with like I don't even remember. They end it with some kind of just like, "Hey, we'll always be honorable" or some shit. But you can hear Roger saying, "Yeah, right," at the end of it. <laughs> oh, Good well. gag that I totally missed because it was inaudible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's because Roger was being quiet, and the librarian says "shh" to everyone else. God. <laughs> Well, it turns out that they are preparing for summer camp. But unfortunately, their canoes suck because Dink pulls out a scrapbook, which all of its pictures are of their broken-ass canoes. Why did you take pictures of this? (laughs) Why did you take pictures of the kids drowning and bailing out canoes? And also the pictures look very weird. Yeah, they're like distorted, right? 
And also there's like one of the pictures is like, so it goes like a, a, a set of shots, right? The bailing out the canoes, then the canoes sinking, and then Doug and Skeeter walking with two halves of a canoe. But all of these perspectives, like all of these pictures are taken from the water. So that means that Dink the photographer was in an intact canoe, not helping them. If yeah. Mr. Dink asks you if you want to see some pictures, say no. <laughs> he probably kept this. This is probably the Hamburger Boy album, right? Yeah. <laughs> Keeps it in his secret. Stability, uh, new uh, Stability. <laughs> yeah. God. Well, Dink says that this year will be different because they're going to order these new hydrofoil canoes. Huh? <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> but unfortunately, they're very expensive, and they can't afford them. This is a right up Dink's alley. Yeah. Yeah, he would be amped about buying them for the, the crew, right? Yeah, like, this is what he does instead of having kids. Like, that's kind of, we've kind of this figured out why he- This is catchphrase! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also, I would like to stress, we're going to see the numbers very shortly, and um, they're not. They're really, yeah, really yeah. not. <laughs> yeah, so he's, Dink says that there's no worries. No worries, we'll solve this. And the way we'll solve the fact that they're so expensive is we'll do a Bluff Scout door-to-door fundraising drive. A multi-level marketing scheme. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And he pulls back a sheet and shows that they have a thermometer that is, measures how high they want to raise the money. And it looks like it goes up to $1,700. Yes, $1,700. Math fans may recall that way back in the episode where Doug was a business owner, he was going after a skateboard that would cost him at least several years' allowance. <laughs> Which means this particular set of canoes costs less than the skateboard Doug was after in that fucking episode. That's a good skateboard. Yeah. I'm just laughing. I'm thinking about them doing all this work, and then it's just a canoe for Mr. Dank. Yeah, yes. it's just one canoe. <laughs> yeah. And he just sticks Thanks, them kids. with the busted ass ones. Yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are, so there's ten kids, right? And you assume that two fit to a canoe, so they'd have to buy five canoes, right? Yeah. Assuming Dink doesn't get one. So that's what, like... 200 or 340 each canoe sure that's a lot of candy man yeah <laughs> it sure is fuck that how are we ever gonna sell that much especially with the stuff they give us remember last year those crummy booster bars remember this it comes <laughs> back later it sure does yeah uh and so doug is like man I hope we can sell something cool this year in order to raise all this money. And he imagines hosting an infomercial called Astounding Products. A TV show that cuts out the middleman. Daydreaming <laughs> yeah. about wanting to do a commercial is completely deranged to me. I mean, I would love to be a voice actor in a well, lot yeah, of that. Yeah, but <laughs> you want to be a voice actor because it's like an... It's a good paying job, not that you want to create a commercial. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Not that that I want to dream about. Also, in Doug's fantasies, he's wearing a fucking bow tie. Disgusting. (laughs) 
He's wait, is that the bow tie he wore when he was doing the fucking uh ventriloquism gag? Yes. <laughs> oh no. So he's it's big symbolism. He's a talking head, you see. Oh. <laughs> what if I told you that I had something truly astounding? A simple pocket knife? Now, Doug, I don't know what's so astounding about that. Well now, Skeeter, it's not just any pocket knife. Why, it's a Bluff Scout pocket knife-a-ma-jig. And it is a pocket knife. <laughs> but with a flick of the wrist, it has a blade, scissors, a water purification system, a satellite dish, a solar-powered washer and dryer, and a toothpick. Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him some credit insofar as it does at least stick to the this is stuff a bluff scout would want theme. It's a dumb gag, but all right, we're filling space in the episode. Whatever. The washer and dryer leak carbon monoxide, <laughs> killing everyone in the audience. Killing uh, both small and cuddly and large and scary animals. Correct. But not the trees. The, it's yes. entirely a sneak attack on us by the trees, as in that excellent M. Night Shyamalan movie that gives away the twist in the first five goddamn minutes. <laughs> I also like that there are people in the audience who gasp after each one of these uh, things that Doug names, and they gasp after the blade part. <laughs> My god, a switchblade, that's a switchblade. <laughs> yeah. And so people charge the stage in order to get the knife on the jig. That tiny, weird-looking child has a knife. <laughs> Let's pay him. Rush the stage, quick. <laughs> he can't kill us all. <laughs> Before he can call for reinforcements with that satellite dish. <laughs> and Doug, still grinning, comes out of the fantasy. <laughs> 20 minutes has passed. <laughs> Just dreaming about the future where I get to host infomercials. Fucking hell. <laughs> anyway, Love our episode it. today is brought Drink. to you by Blue Apron. <laughs> yes. Hey, witch. Uh, but they say that, oh no, Dink says, we're going to be selling those booster bars again. Remember that they've done this in the past. You need to yes. keep this in your memory, dear reader. <laughs> For at least a year. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody is pissed because every like everyone hates them and nobody ever wants to buy them. And Dink says, "Well, you each just need to sell one box in order to fund these canoes." There are 10 separate bluff scouts present. Each box contains, we will shortly learn, 25 bars. They have to make it to $1,700. This tells us that each individual candy bar is $7 net profit. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck, Doug? That's a pretty good margin. <laughs> That's 1994 money, too. Yeah. Well, that said, I mean, later, so there is, I mean, we have been dancing around a lot about things about this candy bar, uh... In terms of just pure volume, we do see that each candy bar is 17 pounds, so maybe that's why. Yeah, they aren't <laughs> small candy bars, I will grant this. Yeah. However, it's just, like, these candy bars cost $7 minimum. That's assuming that Dink is fronting the money for all of them and the kids just get them 
gratis, which is rarely the case. He must be. I mean, Dink, because Dink didn't charge them ahead of time. He didn't say, like, sign up to sell. He was just like, here's these, you know, Dink must have invested in these, right? He must own a share in the uh, the booster bars. Yeah. Well, since they tried to sell it last time, he's owned this for a while, too. Yeah. This is a, yeah. yeah, the logistics of this make no sense at all, but I will allow it on the grounds that, okay, this is from the perspective of a small child, we're making just some crazy big amount of money. Like, I'm pretty sure there was a one and a seven in there somewhere. And yeah. we had to sell 25 bars. That's a lot of bars. Just no awareness of what numbers are. Fine. We exist in a dream world. Time is sick. Moving on. Jim, you know what's funny? You mentioned uh, that the like we saw the thermometer and the prices and stuff in the business, like the Make Your Own Business episode. Just looked it up. It's the same writer. <laughs> it's the same guy. <laughs> He's got a business Wait, special, too. Which business so. episode? The one where Doug runs the business or the one where Doug is... Uh, where Doug gets the Mr. Bluff business or the one where Doug runs the lawn mowing? The lawn mowers. The ones the yeah, one with the Yeah, all right. I, that tracks completely. Yep, this I is agree. Their money man. I agree. This is the money, the money man. <laughs> I love mm-hmm. that. He's just there. Who's that guy that we've talked about before? The Matthew Lesko guy. Oh yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> just dresses like the Riddler at work. <laughs> Riddle me this, Batman. Do you know what an income tax credit is? Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Well, Doug is like, well, I guess we just got to do it. Uh, And so we flash from this to Doug trying to sell them to his parents. Because he says that last year he only sold one and it was because he bought it himself. Uh, Oh, God. (laughs) Totally owned. I mean, that's what a lot of these schemes typically end up with. Oh, yeah. Like, you just end up with everything in your garage because you can't move product. Yes. Also, this, as we're, we will learn, I'm going to keep this one a secret. I'm going to not spoil it until the very end. But these candy bars are poisonous. Oh, oh yeah. Sure <laughs> these will literally <laughs> kill your ass. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and the parents say, like, Doug's trying to sell it to his parents, and they're just like, Doug, those things fucking suck, and we hate them. Uh, why don't you try and sell them to Judy? <laughs> <laughs> we hate her so yeah. cost of applications of the moody school have gotten a little high recently uh, if we had an excuse to pull her out wink wink oh gosh jeez. Oh, i've also realized here that it's been four seasons and we've never heard doug's dad talk about work mention work oh. see him at work yeah We've heard, because we've heard a lot more about mom's job. Yeah, mom had an episode. Dad just is somewhere off, some vague presence that <laughs> might maybe one day be helpful. Doug prays. No, no, dad made a kite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, there was, there was in the episode with uh, the letter that came from the school, dad did come home from work, he says. Right. Yeah, he just says, I'm home from work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was, oh, no, it's work. And like you guys say, he mom mentioned stuff about work. She was like, oh, I had to compost all this like poisonous lawn furniture, right? But dad just said, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody <laughs> asked his, me where I've been, please. And he took off his sketchy trench coat that we've never seen him wear before. <laughs> he's just one of those guys that goes out to Central Park and plays chess. <laughs> yeah, maybe he's a chess hustler. 
<laughs> he always loses. <laughs> oh, <yes>. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, Judy comes down the stairs at hearing her name, and she says, I don't want to buy those things. In fact, I don't want to get caught up in your bourgeois capitalist money-making scheme. And Doug says it's for charity, but Judy a fucking... Lie. Did, did, it's a total lie, and Judy calls him on it, which is awesome. Yes. <laughs> Dougie, buying you a canoe is hardly what I would call a charity. Yeah, like this... <laughs> That's right. Yeah, this is the very conservative writing staff doing its thing, but Judy does have him right on the money. This is yeah. not only a capitalist exercise, this is a really bougie capitalist exercise. This is... Well, theoretically, in a well-ordered society, this is a public good being provided. We're keeping the kids occupied, teaching them a bunch of new, neat, fun stuff, whatever. The thing is, government doesn't want to pay for it. So why don't we shove the costs of funding things like this off on the people who have spare money to burn on crappy chocolate for uh, miscellaneous good work sales? By the strangest coincidence, this means that if you want to get something funded, you have to appeal to the people who live in the Bluffingtons of the world, and that means Mr. Dink gets his canoes a lot sooner than, say, you get, I don't know, health care. It's also that uh, it is kind of like a call out to the, oh, support my charity so that I can buy a yacht, right? Because it's like, I need to buy an expensive boat and it's for charity, huh? but my don't ask what my charity is. Yep. Or those like for-profit TV preachers who are just yeah, like, Jesus, yeah, yeah. Jesus wants me to have 10 speedboats. <laughs> I, talk, I talk to him, you don't, so that's the end of that Give me money. <laughs> the Lord demands that I be allowed to take pictures of my wife screwing my subordinates and that I pass those pictures around the executives at my school. This has definitely not happened, and I know of nobody who is the son of a prominent televangelist who had to abandon his position at a major megachurch due to doing that. Parody. <laughs> Complete Parody. <laughs> I have well, never heard of Liberty University. Nobody's heard oh of my Liberty God. University. Jim, stop digging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, <laughs> Judy is like, no, I don't want to buy those things. Besides, they taste like cement. Huh? Why not try our unsuspecting neighbors? Good, let's go poison the neighbors. I'm, yeah. You could just sell them the dink. He's stupid enough. I was laughing a lot at the idea of just Doug goes to sell the dink, and he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're right, very expensive. Yeah. Uh, well, Doug instead tries to sell them to a deaf old lady. <laughs> cool. There's a very fun bit where they go back and forth where she can't understand what he says and she thinks that he says Pog Lake instead of chocolate. Uh, hello, I'm Doug Funny and I'm trying to raise money for my Bluff Scout Patrol. Would you like to buy some chocolate? What? Pog Lake? Chocolate? 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 Poggers. Yeah. Folks, remember that from Twitch? <laughs> Hooray. Well, just... Uh... <laughs> Hearts in the chat, gamers. Well, just like Poggers, she says that they taste like cement. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you tell we're doing a bit now. This is going to be a recurring bit for the rest of the episode. If we repeat a word for often enough, it starts becoming a joke, right? Yep. And uh, she doesn't want to buy any. 
And the next person Doug tries to sell it to, he says that they make great door stops. Also, this guy is animated real weird. He has gigantic pants. He Just does. Enor- pants that are larger than his torso, and his torso is not small. And he talks like the movie critic from the, uh, the episode where Doug made the monster movie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Just that Probably same almost Jewish, but not quite. Right. Well, they do a montage of people just start slamming the door in Doug's face. And it's even like as he says his name, which I like a lot, because he's just like, hi, I'm Doug. Wham. (laughs) I mean, if you're you're going door to door, that is what the experience is like. Most people will just you're lucky if they come to the door and you're luckier if they don't let you get out a sentence before. Nope. Go away. It's right. miserable. I don't know if you guys have ever had to do door to door. It sucks. The worst. I think I tried once and abandoned it quickly. Yeah, no. <laughs> Same. You really got to build up a... You got to have very strong self-esteem and you have to have very strong uh, nope. sense of not feeling rejected. Well, uh, Absolutely not. <laughs> um, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> oh man well uh i just like that they sl- it's they slam the face in the in the in in when doug says his name so it's like us slamming the door on the the show <laughs> nope not interested in this fucking premise funny <laughs> yeah. oh and doug gets upset that people aren't buying things and he imagines what this next year's summer camp is gonna be like at this rate he imagines that Roger and his goons and the Sleeches and Larry are sailing on a dragon viking ship with Patty water skiing behind it. Also, they're in his troop. Yes. Uh-huh. If if they had the boat, he would have access to it. This is a group project, Doug. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Patty is what not the in the fuck? troop. Why is Patty here? Right. <laughs> Um. <laughs> well, I guess uh, also Patty just <laughs> being celebratory about. Oh man, these guys are so cool because they're letting me ride behind their boat. And this is Patty's only appearance in this episode. Yeah. Normally, if and Patty she- appears in a fantasy, like she at least has a role in the episode. This is just pure. If I don't get the boat, I won't get the object of my sexual desires. Yeah, and that's reinforced because Patty is water skiing and she waves specifically to Doug behind her and says, hey, Doug. But now it shows that Doug and Skeeter and Chalky are just rowing in a booster chocolate bars box and then they get splashed on by water and they all blame Doug for fucking it up for all of them. Doug is rock hard at the end of this (laughs) for many reasons so but like okay like you guys say the 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 rest of the troop if this is truly a group thing then I guess there are two teams there's team Roger and the Sleeches who get the dragon viking ship and there's team Doug and Chalky and Skeeter who get the box Team, right. oh man, this sucks. Team, why did they throw their lot in with Doug? Why did Shocky do it? This, <laughs> I think this is an artifact of an edit because this actually would make sense if it, this happened later in the episode and instead of a daydream, it was just straight up a dream. We'll get there when we get there. Okay, all right, all right. Well, 
Doug is like, he's, he's freaking out that he's going to have to be in this shitty box. And he comes out of the fantasy and sees that Roger is going to the houses that Doug has already been to. And he's dressed up all nice. He's wearing a new fun hat and his sash that shows that he's the troop leader. And he's being an actual good salesman, it looks like. And he's making sales. Good afternoon, ma'am. Uh, can I call you ma'am? My, that's a fine dress. It so perfectly complements the beautiful paint job on your house. Oh, speaking of houses, do you like chocolate? Of course you do. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret called the Bluff Scout Booster Bar. He like jumps in front of the old lady and he's like, hey, uh, it's actually good now. We have a new formula. And he's giving out free samples. And it's good. And they buy tons of it. Like he sells out his entire box immediately. We're old people in Richmond, Virginia. Really all we're looking for is somebody who interacting with makes it feel like somebody anywhere still gives a shit whether we live or die. It doesn't oh take God. much to get us to buy shit. So you think it's just because Roger's talking to them and not just, like, immediately forcing product onto them? It's that he's, like, saying that he likes their clothing and, like, Stinky the Cat is, like, showing any kind of care? Oh, like, man. nobody fucking buys a charity candy bar because they're really fucking hungry. Do you buy it because... Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. Nobody healthy buys a charity candy bar because they're hungry. There's a... Like, the whole thing is you are buying a small amount of delicious, delicious, good boy and or girl points. And also you get some candy in the bargain. You are just maximizing, yes, I'm being a good person because I'm helping out this nice young person with whatever the cause is they're getting. And eh, if there's food attached, there's food attached. Hooray. Roger knows what he's doing. And Doug doesn't. Doug is trying to sell the product on its own merits, and he does not realize the product's merits are not what this has ever been about. Well, unfortunately, that lesson can't be taught to us that nope. good salesmanship and care is important. Uh, because, of course, it turns out that Roger is cheating. Oh, no. He's been wrapping up expensive foreign chocolate in Bluff Scout wrapping in order to uh, trick the customer into thinking it tastes good. The word Swiss is not copyrighted, and yet for some reason the chocolate is instead from the Schnauzland or something like that. <laughs> one, one thing I would like to point out here is that literally every food advertisement ever works on exactly the same premise as what Roger's doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> no McDonald hamburger has ever looked like a McDonald commercial hamburger. Ever. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. 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 That's true. <laughs> I mean, I guess just the fact of that literally swapping out the product, though, and giving samples, but giving samples of the wrong thing. I mean, that's not exactly what McDonald's does. It's pretty close. But I mean, it's not exactly it. it. I mean, I would say it's it's because they they literally make model burgers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They're just like, hey, look at this. Yeah, and then and it's nothing like it's nothing like a McDonald's burger. No, this yeah. is the basis of most advertising and a lot of successful businesses is just trick the customer into buying your stupid <laughs> yeah. shit. Once they've bought your, once they've been taken in by the sales pitch, you've got their money. You move on to the next sucker. Like it seems like it's working for Roger. <laughs> yeah, no, and particularly in this case, this is the way you want to do it. 
<laughs> you don't give a shit about whether you're like Roger, assuming that time is not dead, which may be a faulty assumption. Roger's going to be out of the Bluff Scout soon. He doesn't care if nobody ever buys Bluff Scout candy again. He's like, I want to get this shit off of my hands. I got it off of my hands. That's it. Dust off my hands. I'm done. Well, that said, he does, Roger does give a big heartfelt speech about how doing this wasn't just for him. Because Doug is, Doug is calling him on it. He's like, you can't, you can't do this. You're, you're a jerk. Uh, he says that it's for every kid who's ever w- has or ever will put on a scout uniform. This wasn't just for me. I was selling this chocolate for every kid who ever has or ever will put on a Bluff Scout uniform. I would be cheating not only myself, not only the Bluff Scouts, but humanity itself if I didn't do everything I could to move this chocolate. There's this all like fireworks going off in the background and pork chop is signaling to you in the audience this is bullshit because yeah the things Roger is saying are genuinely like they're absolutely empty words but they're very pretty words about how no it's for the greater good that I'm doing this and Doug being a chump is instantly buying it. Yeah Doug is like oh he's right. <laughs> Like, wow, all right, I like canoes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I guess now like I'm afraid it is time for I promised it, it has come. It is time for Mega Sidebar One. Oh boy. All <laughs> Go right. For it, buddy. So, you cut me off to do it. Do it. Do it. Let's hear it. <laughs> so, a particularly insufferable flavor of modern political discourse is on the subject of woke capitalism. You heard any of this bullshit? Yeah. All right. like, oh, it's what, real. Like be- it's real. It's the same thing as communism. Be gone, yes. brand. <laughs> yeah. This is the thing that the right wing has started yelling about because Trump is taking his sweet time making QAnon real. Some corporations have started putting out PR releases in support of some generally left wing social stances. And a bunch of Republicans are making angry noises at corporations for daring to betray them. The cultural conservatives are starting to get worried the economic conservatives are throwing them under the bus. This is particularly funny because most of what the Republican Party was supposed to do for the last 40 years was stop them from figuring that out. But what Jim Jenkins and this writer are tiptoeing up to and looking over in terror is the core problem that was with the merger of cultural conservatism and economic conservatism. Capitalism doesn't give a shit about culture. Doug is absolutely horrified by the idea that somebody might say things they don't mean in order to sell a product. Roger doesn't give a fuck. Capitalism cares about money and money alone. That means when there's money in oppression, capitalists are all about oppression. And when there's money in claiming to be against oppression, capitalists are all about that. Frequently at the same time. Jim Jenkins is whisperingly seeing, wait, there's a world out there where people with money start taking advantage of the things I believe to do things I don't believe in. That's Mm. bad, right? And while it's hilarious that their fears are coming true, I'd caution anybody from celebrating too hard about the people who are whining about how, oh no, how dare, I don't fucking know. Nike put up a thing saying Black Lives Matter. Because, yeah, they're complaining about that as funny as all hell. 
Nike is also still currently in lawsuits saying that we should be allowed to use slave labor because we'd really like to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, while Jim Jenkins is being a whiny baby about how money will shit all over anything he believes in order to sell stuff, he's not wrong. It will. It absolutely will. I mean, it's a calculated thing, too, when corporations do it, because they know that getting people pissed off and posting about it is free advertising. Right. So and every time a corporation yep. does something like, quote-unquote, woke, it's because they know they can get a lot of free advertising off of your uh, grandparents who will get mad about, <laughs> say, like an, an, a Native American person being removed from, like, a butter product or whatever. Right. Or, like... And occasionally, you'll get people who buy the products just to burn them, which is the funniest goddamn thing. Yeah, that's incredible. And then rebuy it when they realize they still want it. <laughs> One thing I always think about in, like, our economic system that always makes me laugh is, like, if you own own a gym like your perfect customer is the customer that just stays home yeah uh -huh, because every yep. time someone steps into your gym it costs you more money because they're using the equipment and the equipment wears down i mean that's yep. that's every like subscription service right Correct. i mean the ideal user of like netflix doesn't use is someone it. who doesn't use it right, right. <laughs> there's an important distinction in here in that there is one major industry where the ideal customer is somebody who uses all of it but then you don't have to pay for their usage. Oh. Health insurance is very happy when, yes, you rack up all their charges, they refuse to pay out for them, and then by the time that your legal case succeeds, you're dead. <laughs> Capitalism, baby! <laughs> For-profit healthcare! It's a good decision. It's good, actually, and I like it. Oh, yeah. It's just, just like, as good as a 90s TV show, Doug. Just as good as the expensive foreign stuff that Roger is peddling. <laughs> oh, mm. man. Well, he Doug thinks about this and he's like, huh, capitalism for the greater good, market racketeering for the greater good. And he imagines... I can get what I immediately want and I can tell myself I'm doing good? Hell Yeah. Well, he imagines that in the future, that Bluff Scout Troop 617, his troop, has has built a hall of honor just for him. With multiple <laughs> statues of him. Yeah, it is just a big, empty, like, dome-shaped building with Jefferson marble Memorial columns. Jefferson Memorial style. Yeah, and it uh, 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 is, every corner is filled of different statues of Doug. And old Dink, like old Grandpa Dink, is giving a tour of it to some new kids. Many years ago, when our Bluff Scout group was only a ragged band of misfits, one brave boy stood out. Through his tireless chocolateering, this boy transformed us into the world-renowned troop we are today. Douglas Funny, a true hero! And he shows that there is a statue of Doug in front of him, of Doug holding a candy bar, looking sad, with the quote, makes a great doorstop on the fucking statue. <laughs> Referring Rules. to Doug and not the candy bar, I imagine. Yes. <laughs> We're so glad he's dead. <laughs> this statue is the greatest, the doorstop that is this statue is used for is the greatest thing Doug's ever done. If they're going to have old Dink, I don't understand why they didn't have the kids, like, wear some, like, wacky future outfits. Like, yeah. stunner shades or something Because fun. in Jim Jenkins' ideal future, nothing has changed. Or they would look like little dogs. <laughs> 
<laughs> or like little Rogers. Doug fucked. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's this why is they a temple to the fuck king Doug. <laughs> that's, that's what it says on one of the statues. Uh-huh. It's just Doug looking like like eighties rocker gear. It just says this man dropped king. off dick like a freight train. Oh no! Caught completely out of his jeans. <laughs> that's the one who's turned a different direction when we see the pan shot. Yeah, that's the one that faces out in the general direction of the public because the statue of Doug looking sad is facing inward. Right, the one facing outward with Dick out is directly above Roger's house. Oh, in his fantasy, of course. And in well, reality, if you go course. to Richmond, Virginia, you can in fact see that statue. Indeed. Join the Patreon for directions. Oh boy. <laughs> well, it shows Doug comes out of this fantasy and now he isn't standing in front of Mr. Swirly's house. Remember I know who I'll sell chocolate to. The ice cream guy. Again, more callbacks that where we're about to retcon everything. Uh, Mr. Swirly, the ice cream maker guy from the fucking mayor episode, the mayor for a day episode, right? Literally, literally the not Willy Wonka character. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> and Let's sell him chocolate. <laughs> Doug's first place that he goes upon hearing the new scheme. Uh, and his house is fucking shaped like Pee Wee's Playhouse with a bunch of ice cream cones on top. In my notes, I have this, just the statement, look at this pervert. <laughs> that's what you say for everyone in this show. Yeah, it's also not wrong. He's also not wrong. I'm, sa- I'm not saying he's wrong, but uh, yeah. There's a guy tied up in Mr. Swirly's basement, is all I'm saying. You know, I was desperately hoping we'd get to see the inside of his house. I was uh-huh. so yeah. excited. All the furniture is alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a secret word. Hey, Jambi! <laughs> the secret word is fuck King Doug. <laughs> God... <laughs> And then his wife, his wife goes, (laughs) (laughs) the fact that we are only introduced to Mr. Swirly's wife by implication as he just walks away. Remember, have a swirly day. Like, What kind of weird fucked up thing is that to say as you leave? And they both have the same haircut. (laughs) And especially because it's their last name. Imagine saying a, having a your last name day to your partner. Have the name I made you take kind of day. (laughs) It's like that tweet that's like, hello, my wife. Hello, Obama. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh my god. Well, Doug is like, oh, well, I guess I'll sell it to this idiot. I can't imagine any way this could go bad. And so he goes up to talk to Swirly while Swirly's about to get in his fucking ice cream truck. Which he Uh, uses to drive to work, evidently. Yeah. And poor Jeff is scowling that Doug is about to use shady methods. Uh, and Swirly is like, I, I don't want to buy your fucking chocolate. I already have a bunch. <laughs> well, well, that's well, a argument. And Doug actually presses, and he says that it's for a good cause. And Swirly is... boat. <laughs> you want a boat. And Swirly is like, oh, well, is it tasty? 
And Doug is like, oh, you check it out for yourself. And he hands Buddy, I know what you put in the chocolate chip swirl. You shut the fuck up and you buy these now. Right. Wasn't the fucking chocolate. Didn't we talk about that? How that had like fucking refrigerant. Machine oil. Yeah. Oil. Yeah. It went through through an industrial fan. (laughs) And it became good. <laughs> yeah, we should remember that uh, in this episode. Uh-huh. Maybe that's the one bit of continuity. <laughs> in this episode. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, so he compliments Doug on his salesmanship. He's like, "You don't just say the the like a bunch of fluff to me. You just tell it like it is." And then Swirly is like, "Okay, I'll buy the whole box from you." And he hands Doug bills, like like dollar bills that are still wrapped in a rubber band. So this tells me this dude definitely sells fucking drugs out of his ice cream truck, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, he sells him wrapped bills. <laughs> he gives him wrapped bills. Can't wait to go to the swirly mobile after, after I record this. Oh, <laughs> uh, And Doug confesses immediately. He immediately folds and says that it was fake and then hands him a sample of the real chocolate bars. <laughs> This chocolate tastes like cement. Who makes this junk? What? Oh, my goodness. I make this junk. Well, this is terrible. Come on. I have to fix this right away. You fucking knew this. We've seen what you make. We know what your manufacturing process looks like. The only reason you haven't been shut down is evidently you sucked off Mr. Bluff. And he's like, I mean, he he's big in cahoots with Bob White, right? Remember, oh, like, yeah. he has he has Bob White's personal office number, right? Yeah, like, you direct call the mayor every time there's another meltdown in your factory that kills three migrant workers. <laughs> we have to kill this chocolate tax that's in the Senate. <laughs> it's I can't costly. afford a chocolate tax. They're it's talking costly. about adding a fine every time one of my workers falls into the strawberry ice cream vats. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is communism. <gasps> oh well, and this is also when we see the shot of the label of uh, this chocolate bar. This is where we see it says the net weight on every bar is seventeen pounds. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That makes sense given what we're about to learn. That's yes. true because he pulls Doug and he says, "Come on, we got to fix this right now." And he makes Doug get in the car with him. I'm gonna chime in real fast and point out this is p- where we go into the social conservative fantasy part of this because again, we have this contradiction: the economic conservatives don't agree with the same stuff as the social conservatives. How to reconcile this? Answer. Well, if only we told the economic conservatives that they were doing bad things, surely they'd feel (laughs) bad about it, and they'd do what we want them to do. They're not doing this intentionally. It's all just a silly little accident. Yeah, Mm. it's got a label on it saying it's 17 pounds. You think that was (laughs) intent? You think anybody was unaware of what was happening there? Yeah, this is all just a big misunderstanding. Nobody's bad uh, because they think they can get away with it. Everyone nope. is doing the right, the right thing they can, the best thing they can. Right? There's no need except to... if you're, except if you're from Cuba. Yeah. <laughs> There's no need to worry those nice gentlemen from the FDA about any of this, right, Doug? Yeah, no, because they have to do it right now. They can't call in any outside help. Swirly pulls Doug into the Swirly Mobile, uh, and they start speeding off to the factory. 
as the swirly the- mobile has a siren and the and the siren <laughs> is an ice cream cone that has Doug's face on it and it is flesh colored <laughs> and it's smiling and it spins around with a siren going <laughs> And it's literally just Doug's face. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, the flesh ice cream cone siren is something out of nightmare. <laughs> also, calls- I want one for my car. Oh, yeah. And he, Swirly calls ahead on his cell phone to the, the factory, and he says, open the gates, I'm coming in. And he speeds past two, like, British guards out the front of his factory who have ice cream cone hats. That's fine. That's Neat. super fun. You got a nice whimsical getup here in your factory that breaks literally every food safety law known to man. Yeah. That gun looks like a chocolate sundae. <laughs> it does have hollow point bullets, though, so it will explode your torso. <laughs> With confetti. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Oh, well, it, they go into the factory, and it's a Willy Wonka-ass factory, with what we can see in the initial pan shot is giant tubs of sugar, baking soda, starch, molasses, salt, vanilla extract, a honey hive, like a beehive, and chocolate. And there is chocolate that is just coming out of the middle of the beehive and salt and starch are just spilling everywhere. Yeah, uh, I've I've heard a lot of talk from like professional electricians that like the worst place to work is in like sugar plants. Like oh, yeah. to do like jobs in sugar plants, it's disgusting. It's apparently just say, like full of ants. <laughs> well, it's full like, of no. Ants. I want to work at the ice cream factory. <laughs> it's full of ants. It's sticky. And to get sugar to play nice, you have to get it hot, and hot sugar clings, sticks, and burns. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it's hotter than hell, there's b- ants everywhere, and, yeah, no, like, there's a reason why, uh, generally speaking, like, this is not a popular job to have. Yeah. Well, it turns out that there's an additional problem. In addition to all these other health hazards that are happening, there's an additional problem. Swirly yells, there it is, and he sees a literal cement truck pouring concrete into the chocolate. The ultimate, well, there's your problem moment. Hmm. Somebody accidentally drove a thing full of concrete up to our entire weird Wonka construction system and was dumping in enough concrete to fill out the chocolate. There's no overflow even. It's almost as if this was designed with the understanding that there'd be cement in the chocolate vat. And there's a... There's like a place for buckets to carry. This isn't directly into the chocolate vat. It's into a place where buckets pick up what goes into this receptacle and then pour it into the chocolate. So something is supposed to go here. Yes, it's cement. <laughs> remember, dear viewer, when I said to remember the timeline that they've been selling <laughs> these, these candy bars for over a year? He's been pumping this this cement into these candies for at least a year. At least. Like, what does the floor supervisor look like? Is he, <laughs> is he like Mr. Magoo? The floor supervisor looks like Mr. Swirly's son who funked out of college due to definitely grade-related things and no legal proceedings. Well, we also, we don't see any other employees here. The only employees we saw were the guards, and Swirly was in charge. Swirly was the one who went and stopped the, con- the contraption, right? So I don't think anybody works here. 
Like it's all automated. I think it Candy is. All the workers. Di- no, all the workers died in the uh, chocolate chip swirl incident because he had workers right. back then. But right. now uh, it's just slightly too difficult. He's got it mostly automated, but this is 1994 grade automation, and uh, they couldn't get enough chocolate to go through. So eh, we'll put some cement filler in there. Who's gonna notice? Look. Look, I can't hire any new employees. The cement guy costs way too much money. <laughs> yeah, because the cement truck is a truck. It's not automated. It has like a driver's seat it's and like spinning. It's, it's actively spinning. spinning. They're running the it fuck? on. They're running it on gasoline. Like they have it on. <laughs> like, like. Think about how nobody long- was just <laughs> like, huh. Maybe that shouldn't be there. <laughs> Wait, I've had to take this truck to the gas station twice a week <laughs> for the past year. I've had Weird. to refill the truck with cement and put it back <laughs> in the same place at least twice <laughs> weekly. Like, what the hell? Like, there's no way this is not intentional, right? Yeah, but, like, like, but, but Mr. Swirly, now that somebody has called him on it, is just all... Oh, this is all just some big misunderstanding. Everything's fine now. Please go away. This is totally that, like, uh, you know, they say, like, you put the sawdust in the grain or you put the, like, m- the paint in the milk or whatever because it's slightly cheaper, right? I'm still it's- upset they just took the pink slime out of Taco Bell tacos. I know it was gross, but it tasted much better than the actual beef <laughs> ones. But, like, you know, like, this is just a, like, libertarian nightmare world, right? Where it's just like, oh, this is fine because no one's noticing, right? No one's noticed. And uh, if somebody did notice, I'm friends with everybody who could uh, call me on it. So... They sold cement and candy bars for, like, at least a year. To the fucking Boy Scouts. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And, and, like, okay. And then, like you say, Jim, if no one calls me on it, if someone does call me on it, everything will be fine. Because the next scene is Doug and Swirly getting a picture taken together in front of the fucking cement truck as Swirly tells him he's done a great service and is a hero. (sighs) Fucking wild. Like, hey, it's this thing that's poisoning everybody. Let's take a picture in front of and it. And there is a fucking, you can see in the picture that it is labeled cement. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they take a picture in front of it. Just. Oh, that's why it tastes like cement. <laughs> because, oh. I've been, because I've been force feeding you cement for the past year. At least. <laughs> I definitely don't get off on this. <laughs> and I guess he's just... Have a swirly day. Great job. <laughs> Everyone loves it. I think now makes- Roger's got to apologize. <laughs> because he got- actually made Swirly's plan work, which he shouldn't have. The real problem is not the guy who was poisoning the whole fucking town. It's the guy who made the best of a stupid situation when he was told, sell the poison. That's the only person here who should be punished. And so they they go back to the Bluff Scout meeting at the library, and Dink is celebrating that Swirly is recalling all the chocolate bars, and he's saying, hey, why don't you sell these new edible ones instead? Why? What? Who on earth would ever <laughs> buy candy from him again? 
Well, apparently the whole town, because everyone's lined up to do it, and they set up a, 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 a line of people having to get their money back from Roger and then immediately give it to Doug. I want to return these bars and buy new chocolate from an honest scout. They ever the whole town wants it now. They all line up in the library. They all return the poison chocolate and then go buy some more chocolate from the same people that poisoned them. Uh-huh. Because you see they've learned their lesson, the company has. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what I just thought? Okay, in that assembly line, right? So that assembly line wasn't making chocolate bars. I just remember the image of it. They It was pouring into the giant chocolate vat, and then they were pouring the chocolate onto, like, pies, right? Like, in that assembly <laughs> Every line. Every piece of chocolate so, Mr. Swirly has produced has contained cement. So that means the fucking chocolate minty swirl that Doug loves had cement in mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Oh my god! No wonder everybody in this town is a little bit, uh, it's a couple of steps behind. They've all got horrible gastrointestinal problems. Cement poisoning, which I didn't think was a thing until I watched this episode of Doug. I immediately Googled, can you eat cement? (laughs) Turns out, no, you cannot. Well, wait, wait, wait. I just said, maybe this is why Porkchop is fine eating cement or chocolate. Because Uh, dogs can eat. Yeah, no, there's no actual chocolate. He's not being poisoned by that. Dogs can eat rocks. There's no rule that says a dog can't eat cement. Wait, uh, folks, listeners of this podcast, do not feed your dog cement. (laughs) Do not feed your dog cement, please. (laughs) Feed yourself cement. Don't share it with them. God. Oh, God. And that's the end of the episode is, hooray, Doug gets all the sales now. Every person in Bluffington is lining up to buy from the uh, treacherous Mr. Swirly. (laughs) (laughs) He probably went back to the Swirly house and is like, God damn it, Mrs. Swirly. The margins are going to be so shitty now. He's just beating the shit out of the gimp on the floor. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) The next meeting of the Yodeling Society is going to be a real son of a bitch. Right. (laughs) He calls up Bob White and he's like, take care of that Doug, idiot. Also, what's the status of the chocolate tax? <laughs> <laughs> also, what's the status of the concrete tax? <laughs> hey, I've got a bunch of extra concrete if you need it. Yeah. <laughs> you want to like yeah. make a new like campus of the main school for your uh, for the mayor's kid? Not the mayor's kid for Mister Bluff's kid. You know, he probably, uh, Swirly's house is probably made by the same architect as the Moody School, right? It has a very similar feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very creepy vibe. Yeah. And <laughs> having a house shaped like your head, pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or shaping your head like your house. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Adams. Yeah. Oh, man. We all love Scott Adams, that man who did the Garfield cartoon. Oh, yes. But yeah, well, like weird echoes here of the Moody School episode because Jenkins did the same thing as in the Moody School episode where they tiptoed up to a very important concept and then flinched away from the repercussions in absolute terror. Like, okay, there's just a lever you can pull to make the guys stop making bad chocolate. And why did that lever get thrown in the first place? Shut up. 
if you ask them to throw it back, they'll just do it and everything will be fine again. Like, it's just like the, the war is stupid. My philosophy cannot explain the world around me, and therefore I will point at the existence of the problem, and I will under no circumstances interrogate where it comes from or why. Yeah, what do we think the moral is on this one? Because Doug is, is a fuck king. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Because, <laughs> like, I think they were working toward... They, I think they tried to do the moral of, like, be honest in salesmanship, but, Don't like, fool your customers is, I, th- I think, what they're trying to yeah, aim for. I think so, but, you like... You shouldn't have to lie to good people to sell your products. That would be wrong. But, like, Swirly doesn't get punished for it for nope. years of it doing it that way, right? Like, he still doesn't, he doesn't even, he doesn't even buy the fucking canoes for the Bluff Scouts. He's like, hey, you still got to pedal my shit, right? Yeah, the yeah. child gets punished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the no. one who was told to sell this. Yeah. The lesson here is to go all the way back to uh, episode one of the podcast and my delightful uh, Skeeter was at Abu Ghraib gag. The lesson here is the grunts get punished. The senior officers don't. Mm. The person who poisoned the whole fucking town gets away scot-free. The person who was the lowest on the totem pole who could feasibly be blamed, that person is chosen to take all the punishment for... They still did a bad thing, but um, if you say they're the ones who are responsible for the whole thing, I got a bridge to sell you. Well, what a great lesson to learn. (laughs) Remember, kids, if only we trust in authority enough, authority will stop beating the shit out of us. That's how this works, right? Anybody whose uh, product is bad won't succeed. (laughs) There's no way that would ever happen. You just have to trust in the market. When when has it ever led us astray? (laughs) This episode brought to you by Blue Apron. Well, let's call it done. Don't give away free uh, advertising to Blue Apron unless they actually sponsor us, which they I'm won't. Sure they would pay us to stop. We're sponsored by Red Apron. We've oh, already yeah. got <laughs> That's right, of course. Blue Apron for Republicans. Oh, God. Well, let's call this one here before we get sued again. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us on another episode of The Funny Papers. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bazinga.